640 Toronto presents Think Tank. The breaking stories you care about. Facts and opinions that get you through the day. Now, let's meet the guests. All right, let's do that. So we just met Brad Bradford, Toronto City Council for Beaches East York. Let's say hello to Broadcaster, and we hope you uh, enjoyed her. Uh, it was great to have her on Toronto Today a fair bit over the Christmas holidays. She was in for Alex Pearson, guest hosting for her as well, and she joins us now on Think Tank. Lovely to have Stephanie Smythe on 640 Toronto. Thanks for coming hey. on this morning. Good morning, my pleasure, and good morning, Brad. Good morning, Stephanie, and I would just say uh, I had a chance to tune in last week to some of the stuff here on 640, and you were fantastic, so great to hear you this morning, too. Aw, thank oh. you so much. Aw, you. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> Now, sometimes, I, I, you know, I'm whole, can you guys promise us some, some tension? Can you guys argue about something, turkey or ham for, uh, for New Year, or, uh, for uh, Christmas <laughs> dinner, or... Uh, stockings before presents or presents. I want some, we want some screaming tense moments on think tank where we're getting known for that. So I hope uh, I'm worried you two like each other too much. Let's Let's find some points of disconnect. Monday morning. That's right. right. Bills versus dolphins type stuff. If we can, uh, if we can swing that, uh, let's start here. Uh, Steph, you probably saw the footage, know the footage, but I'll give the audience this perspective. Yesterday, a skating party hosted by the mayor, Olivia Chow, was interrupted by protesters on and off the actual ice sheet at Nathan Phillips Square. The mayor had to uh, leave prematurely. I would make the case uh, it was fleeing. And I say that in her defense, not as a criticism. That's how bad and how loud and how vociferous the protesters got. Here's some of that audio. Okay, uh, it, it, it may seem like it's a simple protest. It's much more than that. It may seem like it's organized. It's not. It, it's utter chaos. It's meant to intimidate. It's meant to be threatening in this point. There's not too many people that disagree with us. Brad, let me start with you. That is your colleague. You might disagree on policy sometimes. You run, you run against her. But overall, that's a black mark on the city when an event that's meant to bring out some of the specialness. And she talked about how much Nathan Phillips Square and skating meant to her as a young immigrant to Toronto. I thought that story was very heartfelt and real. I was mortified uh, for her. And at the same time, though, it's probably one of the first times that the protests have kind of affected her when they've been affecting thousands of Torontonians on a weekly and weekend basis for, for some time now. Yeah, it wasn't nice to see, and, and, I, and I definitely um, could appreciate the difficult situation the mayor was in in that particular moment. I also, Greg, I think about the families, you know, uh, probably there were a lot of people out that wanted to go out and meet the mayor, wanted to take the kids downtown, have that special skating experience, and then you've got these protesters there, there who are being completely disruptive. And you have to ask the question, who are the hearts and minds that they think they're winning over? when they're doing this. And and I heard the same thing about the Eaton Center protests, you know, taking the kids mm-hmm. to meet Santa Claus and all the families that didn't want to do that uh, because they didn't want to be involved in this stuff. Uh, the reality is, I think a lack of, uh, you know, political leadership in some respects has allowed this to fester. There has been a uh, permissiveness that has come across here in the city of Toronto for a number of months and things are escalating. What you're seeing here at the the skating protest, but what we're seeing on Avenue Road, the, uh, the firebombing of Jewish businesses, uh, things are getting out of hand and Toronto is in the news for all the wrong reasons in the international context. Steph, you saw some of the video and you and I talked about it uh, a week and a half ago. 
this this isn't okay. This would never be even okay for a half second with any other ethnic or religious group, regardless of the political conflict. Um, and the problems are only seeming to intensify right now. Well, and it's hitting close to home now for Olivia Chow, right? So for someone who is a little slow to react to some of the things that have been going on in the city, this one, you know, squarely in her in her backyard or front yard for that matter. So um, definitely it is taking it. It might take a turn now, the reaction from the city. Brian could speak more to that. But definitely it's showing that it's going beyond, you know, where it should be. These kinds of protests and demonstrations. Right. The video at City Hall is pretty disturbing when you see. The, the Palestinian uh, protesters going after people just trying to have a skate, right? We all understand protest. Um, it's very different when you're doing an organized protest that you have a permit for at City Hall or wherever it might be in the city. But what's happening now, for instance, on the Avenue Road Bridge, absolutely out of line, absolutely has to be dealt with. The, the, the police department has to get a clear line on how they're going to handle this. And that is unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. So then we move to the skating rink. What's next, right? And so it's got to be something that has to be taken seriously and dealt with seriously by the city and by the police service as well and fast. Because it, we're, we're, I'm just wondering where it's going to happen next, what overpass, what, what type of intimidation. And that's what's a little bit different now with the – a lot different with the Avenue Road situation as and, well. And, Steph, I'm glad you brought up Avenue Road because n- right now uh, police are moving giant trucks in to block those, uh, you know, those on-ramps for people to get from point A to B. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, would, I would make the case this happened over the Christmas holidays. People still need to probably to get to work and get to places, but the traffic really intensifies today. Holidays are kind of over as of today. Officially schools are happening. Teachers are getting to school. University professors are going to work like like we just got to get back to normal as a city. And uh, the rightful the peaceful right to protest does not preclude uh, stopping people from using the roads. You you can't do it. Yeah, and it's not happening right now, by the way, at this moment, the Avenue Road, mm-hmm. which I'm about to take soon, so I hope it certainly isn't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when it starts interfering with everyday life, that's, you know what, they can take um, take positions to stop anything from forming there in the first place. So I'll be very interested to see, especially after the chief's apology that we just saw uh, about what happened on Avenue Road when it comes to the uh, delivery of the uh, coffee. Um, so I think it's we're going to see some movement on this this week that's going to be pretty definitive and uh, some action to be taken that it won't be, A, intimidating, or B, you know, um, stopping or impeding the day-to-day traffic through that area. That's Stephanie Smythe uh, on Think Tank. We've got Stephanie Smythe and Brad Bradford here. Um, Brad, Steph's a, a private citizen. I'm a private citizen. You're a politician, so you hear from constituents. What are they telling you about this? What are your Jewish constituents telling you? What are your Muslim constituents telling you? I, the geopolitical context in the Middle East has always been very complicated, and I don't think that any elected official here in the city of Toronto is going to solve that. So, like, let's let's acknowledge that. But what people do expect is safety and good order in in the city of Toronto, and they don't feel safe right now. You know, particularly the Jewish community, the rise of anti-Semitism across Toronto is uh, is a stain on this city. It has festered for several months now. And it's gotten out of control. And, you know, what you saw at Nathan Phillips Square with the harassment and intimidation of people and families who are down there for a skate with the mayor, uh, what you are seeing on Avenue Road, the very specific targeting 
of a community, the Jewish community. Uh, Avenue Road, of course, connecting two major synagogues, Jewish neighborhoods, uh, Jewish businesses. That's not an accident that they're, they're set up there. And anybody who tries to suggest that or say, well, there are other protests on the 401, not like that. Give your head a shake. It's disgusting. And, uh, you know, I, I would just say that there has been a, a long silence and absence from the mayor as part of this conversation. You know, the last time she issued a statement on this was back in November, and uh, it's continued to escalate now to the point where you've got mm. Jewish businesses, uh, you know, and, and arson. And so it's it's out of control. Uh, I heard your commentary with Ron Chitzer, uh previously, and, mm. and it is uh, it's difficult uh, in that politicians don't direct the police. Okay, fine. But we can have a conversation about priorities. We can ask the questions, what steps are you taking to make, t- to make sure that we are ensuring that we have safety in communities, that we don't have the rise of anti-Semitism or, or hateful protests, and that as a baseline, our major streets and roads are available to the public and that people can use them. We have lost that. We need to support the police in this effort. Effort. We need to get clarity, frankly, from the attorney general at the province about the best way to do some of this enforcement. But there needs mm. to be a dialogue. And I can't speak, of course, on behalf of any of the other elected officials here yeah. in this city or the mayor. Uh, but it seems like more dialogue needs to be happening and we need to get this under control because it's off the rails right now and it looks bad on the city. Steph, I'll shift it to the premier of the province. A lot lot of people are uh, have come and are coming for Justin Trudeau, wanting him to say and do more, but I don't hear it as much with, with Doug Ford. Um, And, and there was criticism of him during the freedom convoy as well, saying this isn't just about the city of Ottawa. This just isn't about the country of Canada. Ontario is kind of in that middle ground here. And he was He was harshly criticized for not saying enough or being present enough. Is he doing enough? Could he be doing more to speak out? Toronto's also his city. Like he's a Torontonian. Who's kidding who? Right. It's funny. He's been strangely silent, like really did his Christmas message. And that was it. Look, this is a, a subject that we know is kryptonite. And we also know that you wade into it and you are going to be it is just such a powder keg for all kinds of reasons. And many of them for Doug Ford would be political. So I think the longer he's able to stay out of this and not be asked for comments, uh, probably the more comfortable he's going to be. He might very well have a, a stance that's similar to what you're hearing uh, from, say, Brad or other other people in general. But I think the longer he can avoid some kind of spotlight on him when it comes to this issue, the better. I know, you know, all the MPs, the conservative uh, MPs are doing their part. You know, Melissa Lanceman putting a lot of pressure on on the government. Um, but, you know, it's. It's very true. Like Robin Martin is the uh, MPP or Mike Cole, I guess, for the city, right, for this area. Haven't heard a lot from them. And, uh, you know, I think it's just it's like I said, the more you stay away from it, the better, because it is, as a politician, a very, very difficult issue. And, Brad, I think we look at uh, we look at sort of the the political landscape right now. Uh, This appears to be a year with no elections. I'd say barring something strange, because all of a sudden few weeks from this time last year something very strange happened with the city i think i think that's fair to say with the mayor resigning in a mayoral by-election uh which you jumped into but the, these politicians are going all going to be politicians a year from now 
don't think there's going to be a federal election. So there, I, I think they've got some, to, to Steph's point, I think there's some wiggle room and some political ground to be gained by doing the right thing. I think I think doing more, not doing less will resonate with people five, 10 years from now, depending on where the situation goes. Yeah. Step up and clear this very low moral bar to step over. I, the silence, frankly, has been shocking and deafening on this mm-hmm. file. Uh, things are out of hand. And, you know, I, we, we don't have to spend a, a lot of time talking about it, but uh, there, there hopefully will not be any elections in 24 uh, other than the uh mayoral by-election for our friends in Mississauga. Right. So, so that'll be on the table. But like, let's get down to work. Let's get down to business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, first and foremost, at the top of everybody's priority is, is cities and communities that are safe for the residents, free of hate, free of discrimination, and and frankly, streets that, uh, that are open and available to be used as we try and get people back to work, back into the core. Uh, let's get going on things, guys. Steph, I know you had a few segments uh, a couple weeks ago about the potential for uh, where the city's going in terms of property tax and that balancing act as well between the city's budget and and what the province and federal government could give. So yesterday I see Shelley Carroll, who's Toronto City's budget chief, uh, saying there's mounting fiscal pressure and there's going to be a, quote, substantial property tax increase. Now, we probably knew that would be the case. But most municipalities have found a way to keep it in that four to five percent range. Uh, Brampton, Mississauga are the same at four point six percent with a levy on top of that. It it ends up being under six. But there's fear. And I'm going to get to Brad on this in a second. There's fear that in the city of Toronto, it could touch or even surpass a double digit property tax increase. Um, you're a Torontonian as well. Well, like <laughs> this is not good news. And yet people do want their services and they're well aware the city's got a tremendous budget issue, to de- deficit issue to deal with, I should say. Yeah, I remember a certain mayoral candidate talking about, you know, if a certain mayor gets in, that we can just be prepared for our, our taxes to skyrocket to the moon. So, <laughs> hmm, wonder who that was. Um, but, you know, not shocking at all. Uh, that this is, uh, I, I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard it sooner. I know mm-hmm. it's been in the works, I'm sure. Brad can tell you that. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is this is the way it's going to be, right? I mean, how each mayor would handle this situation. We had the chance. We've had a municipal election. And uh, we know that this is just the reality of, of this of this uh, mayor. And, and I think that, uh, yes, there is. The reality also that Toronto is in a huge bind, but we've also seen some huge relief with what's happened with the province uploading, right? The uh, Gardner DVP and stuff. So, look, we've just better hold on because it's not going to be good news. Uh, we do want the services and we deserve even better services, in fact, in many ways. So I think we just we're going to be we're going to have to be prepared to pay. It's just a fact of life. Brad, you got a lot of neighbors where you live. Um, increasing property taxes um, could potentially force more people outside of their homes. Uh, you talked about that struggle in the spring and summer um, with families already struggling. Mortgage rates going up, uh, job prospects dimmer than maybe usual. Um, this is a very tense, tough time for the city. Think about your bills and whether we're talking groceries or fuel at the pump or your rent or your mortgage and you know even rewinding the clock 6 months ago when we had the election everything is more expensive today than it was 6 months ago it's it's a hell of a lot more expensive than it was 4 years ago yeah. and so that is the context that people are dealing with right now and it is a crisis of affordability olivia chow needs to remember that the tax bill 
is not the only bill that is facing people on fixed income, seniors, families. And this is the most expensive city to live in in the entire country, right here in Toronto. So we need to be very judicious. We need to be very thoughtful about that tax bill when we put that in the envelope and send it out to to millions of people in this city because that is making the affordability crisis worse. Stephanie made a really good point. You know, we have received hundreds of millions of dollars in operating subsidy from the province. It's likely that more money is coming from the federal government. We have a billion dollar capital expense in the Gardner and the DVP uploaded, thankfully, off of our books. And so where are these savings going? Where is uh, where are those investments being made? Why are why are they teeing up? Why is Shelley Carroll out on behalf of the mayor teeing up a substantial property tax increase when we've had hundreds of millions of dollars of operating relief and billions of dollars of capital relief at a time when Torontonians mm-hmm. are struggling to pay the bills? Inflation is at three point one percent right now. I'm not saying that the tax bill is going to be bang on inflation, but it shouldn't be double. It shouldn't be triple. Yeah. Show me how. Show me where you're saving money, just like households are. Show me where you are trying to control costs. And I will remind folks, this is the mayor and a council that actually voted against a core services review to look internally to identify what we're delivering, who ought to be paying for it, and how we do that service better. Just a few months ago, at the same time when they voted to increase six different taxes, they also voted against looking internally to, to find where the savings are. I know are. it's something you advocated for, something Anthony Fury wanted to do as well. Merrill Kennedy said, we're going we're gonna to get all hands on deck and look through this. Uh, Steph, I got a minute here. I wanted to ask you about um, the Eaton Center. Um, you and I, when we worked at 640 the first time together, we were attached to the Eaton Center. And, and you'd do your shopping there, run an errand, get a birthday card for somebody, go down and get something to eat. I felt like I knew every nook and cranny. I see this morning Old Navy is shutting down there. That's a big anchor in Eaton Center. Center. Not quite as big as Nordstrom's was, which closed up last week. Um, but are you like me? I, I hate seeing this. I love the, the concept. It's not just about brick and mortar stores and their future, but we really need the Eaton Center to be vibrant and busy along that young, young street strip there. Well, yeah. And, and you wonder if Old Navy can't survive. Right. It's not like it's high end uh, compared to a Nordstrom. It is an anchor kind of store like, I guess, the Gap or Banana Republic. So when any of these stores are gone, it is a concern for for retail in general, right? Mm-hmm. So for store retail, because we know we know the toll that Amazon has taken on on the retail market, on streets for that matter. Why do you think Young Street and Queen Street, all yeah. of them are littered with, you know, the cannabis stores, et cetera, because retail can't really survive, all thanks to online shopping, right? So what's the next anchor store that's going to move in? Who knows? Is there one? Because we know that Target can't survive here. We know that, okay, now, well, maybe we know, well, they're surviving in Canada, but, you know, in a store like the Eaton Center, uh, we know Nordstrom's is gone. What What's next, right? So I, I, look, who knows what the solution is? You can't stop online shopping, right? Yeah. And yeah. it is, is it a sign? I don't know, but it's concerning mm. for sure. Got to leave it there with you both.